Hey y'all, Senna here. Just wanted to give a quick apology for my mic quality this week. Uh, I ended up having to record this week's episode on a headset as opposed to my normal microphone. Uh, hopefully by next week I'll have my normal microphone back. But, uh, you know, it being the Bleachcast season finale, you know, just... Things had to happen. <laughs> so, anyway, sorry about that. I hope you enjoy the episode. Stay cool, Jads. Like, I did check the mic quality uh, before uh, even getting on call, and it's, like, fine. Like, it's definitely slightly worse quality than what we have, because it is, like, a headset microphone. But it works fine. Like, for, you know, a $40, buck, uh, $40 headset, it's, like, pretty pretty good. Yeah, like, it's, it's noticeable, but it's definitely, like, not we can't record on this quality. It's it's perhaps we probably shouldn't do this every week quality, but it's definitely yeah. fine for a, a one-off or a two-off. Yeah, like, uh, I guess just to go into it for our, our lovely listener, uh, I guess just to go into it for our lovely listeners, I'm already fucking falling over my words, because that, that's how we do it here. Uh, to add to the chaos this week, uh, I don't have my normal microphone. So we're recording this on a headset mic. It's gonna gonna sound a little worse than normal, but we're we're gonna push through. It's gonna be fine. We're uh, I'm gonna say sorry for that, but God, it wouldn't be a Bleachcast season finale without you know some random weird shit happening. Am I right? Yeah, I mean it's just honestly we should have just been prepared like in advance we should have both just like marked the date on the calendar as like oh shit's gonna go down on that day yeah this is a cursed day <laughs> a cursed day with like some good episodes actually like i i like these episodes for the most part um you're listening to it'll wash out a bleach rewatch podcast i'm your co-host senna and i'm your co-host sam Oh, we're we're nailing this one already, Sam. <laughs> Do you want to just get right into it? Because we we've got kind of a longer one ahead of us, I think. Yeah, I think I don't know how much we're going to discuss about the actual season as a whole, but 
definitely we ha- we do have to discuss the season as a whole, so we should get into it. Yeah, let's just hop right in with uh, episode ninety, which is called Renji Abarai, Bankai of the Soul. So we just kind of open on Renji and Ichigo as they continue to make their way through the caves. They come across Yumichika, who is clearly hurt, and more walkers just swarm the area while Ugaki just claims this is the real gazelle and he like puts down a card the the two shinigami fend off as many walkers as they can but they kind of swarm to five stone pillars and cast their light to create this massive shadow which just spawns the huge body of gazelle uh this looks really cool gazelle is a Yu-Gi-Oh card <laughs> Well, we we already knew that. He's been playing shadow games this entire time, and then he just summons his ace monster, and we're like, oh, he is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> he straight up looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Like, he's, he's got this, like, big, dark body with no eyes, and just, like, very Yu-Gi-Oh-esque red patterns on him, and just teeth, and it, it, it looks cool, but it's very much just a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Imagine how much cooler Ugaki would be if he was riding on a motorcycle. Oh my god, you're right. You know, I need bleach on motorcycles. <laughs> I guess we should probably mention uh, that at least I have read the new chapter, because there's a new chapter of Bleach, because apparently there's a new arc happening. But uh, the the official release does not come out till tomorrow, so I I have yet to spoil anything. I'm not spoiling anything. I'm letting Sam get to that, but I, I hope there's motorcycles in the new arc, Sam. <laughs> yeah. So if, effectively, uh, Kubo came back, wrote a one shot. The one shot introduces a new future arc of Bleach that takes place after the season is like it's straight up a sequel to everything that's been done, including the epilogue chapter. From what I understand. Yes. Now, the decision that we've come to on the podcast is, one, since this is a ma- this is manga and not anime, uh, we're not going to, like, cover the- we're not going to cover the thing, and we're not definitely not going to cover the thing, like, on a week-to-week basis. However, if we read the one-shot and there's something that's, like, interesting thematically, we might do, like, a- we might do a separate episode to talk about the one-shot, perhaps. Perhaps. To be, to be discussed when I'm done reading it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I don't know, because we don't know what the, like, release schedule is for, like, this new arc, because God knows it's probably going to be a few months, and then it might not even be, like, a long arc. Like, it might just be, like, a fucking Burn the Witch style, like, a few chapters sort of thing. Like, there is a possibility, I'm not going to say we will, I'm not going to say we won't, there's a possibility we might discuss it later. Uh, because, like, frankly, that manga chapter, like, just what there is, doesn't make, like, any goddamn sense if you haven't, like, finished Bleach. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of stuff that just really relies on past knowledge, and, like, we're, we're open to discussing it, but, like, it might end up making more sense to wait until after we're done with Bleach, which is a few years away. (laughs) Yeah, one thing that it is doing, though, is... I like the idea because so Kubo's like done the the Burn the Witch like miniseries and he, he and Chona Jump have said that like the series is going to continue but not on a regular basis like basically it's like here's a season of Burn the Witch I might come back and do another one later 
And I like the idea that now he's just going to do, like, another short season of Bleach. And then he'll jump to, like, maybe then he'll do Burn the Witch. Or maybe he'll do a new project. And I think... I feel like that's probably a much healthier, like, way to approach than the current, like, your manga series is live. Now do it forever until it's done or you die. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's probably, like, just a much better... So it's, like, if see, if that can, like, see success and then more mangaka can do that. And then it also opens the door for, like, for Shonen Jump to actually accept something that's like, oh, this is going to be a 6 to 12 chapter series, and that's fine. And you're going to run in this season of Jump, and then it's going to be done, and then you can come back later with a different thing. Basically, I'm hoping, I'm kind of hoping that Mango would do a similar thing to seasonal anime. I think it would be healthier for a lot of the people involved. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm in agreement. Uh, like, as like lukewarm as we ended up being on Burn the Witch, I am like I am looking forward to more of it because I am curious to see where it goes. And I like genuinely I'm happy that Kubo is still like creating. So like I don't know. I'm I'm excited for this. I'm excited for Burn the Witch. We should get back to the episode because we just went on this whole tangent. It's fine. It's fine. This, this episode is going to be nothing but tangents, but let's get back to Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to Yu-Gi-Oh. Yugaki just wonders whether he should crush Renji or Ichigo first. But he's like, actually, I should return this to you. And he just, like, instructs Gazelle to, like, toss Yumichika across the room. And it's, like, great, because Renji just, like, football catches Yumichika. Just, like, completely. And just, like, barely saves him. This is the second person he's done this with against the same enemy. <laughs> Renji out here for the fucking save. Just... Renji's just really good at catching. What can I say? Really, really good. Yumichika kind of speaks about how he can't face his squad like this, as in Zaraki squad, as we all know, losing without dying is kind of unacceptable. Like, their whole thing is fighting one-on-one and fighting until you die or win. Ichigo tells Ugaki to come out of hiding because he's like, I'm a protagonist, surely this will work. And the bounce just, like, cackles. And Ichigo's like, fuck, okay, well, I guess we gotta do what we have to do in the shonen anime where we have to fight. So let's fight his doll and that'll get him out. And Renji's like, wait, Ichigo, leave this to me. I got this one. And, like, at first Ichigo's like, what? And Renji's like, listen, I've become so used to these kinds of situations that I've been letting my guard down, and I I now remember the way we're supposed to do things, by fighting one-on-one, to the death. And he kind of starts realizing part of the reason he failed to protect the child, like, from earlier, was because he had expected somebody to come and help him, so he wasn't, like, going all out, he was just, like trying to survive until somebody came to his aid. So he feels like he needs to show himself what he's capable of, otherwise he can't return to Soul Society. I really like this characterization, actually. I really liked this part. So the thing that I like about this is it, if I were to unkindly look at this, it would be basically the explanation you, uh, you gave, which I don't like for... I don't like at all. That's fair. I think it's I think it's stupid but in character. 
Like, it's it's a, of course Renji would do this thing. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like it. But an interpretation that I do like is, like, this the last, like, third of what he says. Because, you know, he starts saying, like, yeah, fights are one-on-one, when we lose, we die, that's the way for Soul Reapers, yada, yada, yada. But then at the end, he's like, also, you should, like, save your energy for, like, the big boss or whatever. And I just like the idea that the primary focus of this is, Ichigo, I know you're the one who has to, like, be the guy who put who finishes the dunk but i'm going to allow you to keep your energy high by fighting on my own Um, yeah but he doesn't want to admit it so it so he's got to come up with other reasons as to why he's fighting on his own so he's like well you know one-on-one i used to be part of zaruki squad too you know like one-on-one fighting (laughs) etc etc yada 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 and also you know so you can keep your energy up it's no big deal (laughs) It's funny that you say in my explanation, because literally the next line is, he further explains that Ichigo should save his energy for the fights ahead. So yeah, no, I'm in agreement with you. Like, I do think it's a little dumb. I do like the explanation that it's like, hey, I've been, like, kind of slacking off because I've been, like, used to having other people to help me. I I do like that. But I, I'm in agreement that I think the one-on-one fighting thing is still is still pretty dumb. Like, it's very Renji, but, like, come on, man, this ain't the time. It wouldn't be nearly as dumb if we didn't have, like, a better version of this next episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so he tells Ichigo that he should save his energy for the fights ahead, and as Ichigo is about to argue... He snaps and tells him not to complain when a lieutenant is giving him a free path out of this. Which, I, I like that little line. It's, it's good. Uh, Ugaki tells Gisele to crush Renji, and the fight begins with Renji just like... He's like, I'm not even gonna like give you a chance. He just like starts activating his Bankai, and a massive cloud of smoke and red energy just swirls around him as Hihio Zabimaru emerges, and he lashes out to fight our resident duelist. Gisele's attack appears fruitless as Zabimaru just like breaks apart and reforms, and Ichigo's like, "Wow, that's that's really fucking awesome, actually. That's really cool." And Ichigo's just like, "It's ugly, though." <laughs> He's like, "I I guess it's cool, but also it ain't pretty." You. <laughs> I'm really glad you Ichigo's just here, like half unconscious, and he's just like, "Listen, that shit's ugly." It's cool, but it ain't for me. (laughs) Ugaki flips his monster card face down, and Gisele disappears, only attacking Renji from the shadows. He grabs Zabimaru once more, and as Ichigo begins to run to help, Yumichika stops him and is like, Hey, did you not hear him earlier? Like, he's a former member of Squad 11. Helping him in a one-on-one fight would just be going against his wishes. You would upset him pretty badly. And Renji's just like, yeah, Ichigo, just shut up and watch. Ichigo's like, I don't give a shit what he wants. And then Yumichika's like, no, respect the troop. (laughs) Ugaki overconfidently laughs before noticing that Nemu is meeting Uryu elsewhere. He informs Karya, who is just like, well, shit, all right, finish the fight. (laughs) 
Ugaki takes this to heart by monologuing for like a solid 30 seconds about how strong he is, and then he sends Gisela out for another attack that's just swiftly countered by Zabimaru, who splits into several pieces and sends out these like piercing beams that all impale Gisela. They're like beams of hard light, and they just like impale Gisela several times. It's really cool. Yeah, I think the implication is that he sends out like some of Zabimaru's links. And then those links go, like, change shape and stab Gazelle, and that's why they stay there. Yeah. And then the rest of the links just, like, connect themselves back into Zabimaru. It's really cool. I I really liked it. Uh, Gazelle goes berserk and just starts slamming against the walls, revealing Ugaki's location as the cards fly off his table, and the whole cavern is shaking. Karya just, like, fucking immediately gives up on Ugaki, and he's like, bye! (laughs) And he just cuts off the call! Yeah, it's just like, yo, get fucked. <laughs> wow. No one in Karia's entourage, like, bats an eye. They're just like, oh, wow. He, like, as soon as the situation changed and he got in any spot of trouble, Karia, like, cut him off immediately. Yes. Which, you know, in a sense, I guess, the Bound have been telling us this entire time, we don't fight together, we're not a group, if one of us is about to bite it, that's just part of being a Bound. It's just how it goes. Like, it it makes sense. It was just really funny. <laughs> Ugaki is just like, wait, what? No, come back, please? And Gaselle just continues to struggle before grabbing Ugaki and crushing him, which just kills both of them. This was brutal. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, so he's lost control of Gaselle. We'll see if he, like, dies like the other guy we've seen lose control. Oh, God. Oh, God, that was brutal. <laughs> There is, like, straight up, like, a squishing sound that plays when he gets crushed. And it was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Bye-bye, Ugaki. Yumichika tells Ichigo to run ahead, as he'll take care of Renji now that he's in his debt. He pushes Ichigo back and runs into the smoke as the cave collapses and Ichigo calls out. Ichigo just, like, not listening... (laughs) to Yumichika or Renji just like starts running after them and like calling out to them and then like a wall drops and like the grand hall with like the staircases and stuff that we've seen the bounce in before is revealed um and basically all of the rest of them are there including Karya and he asks Ichigo if he's the only one who who survived he also asks how many bounce need to be destroyed to make him feel better, seeing as they're already so few in number. Karya walks down the steps towards Ichigo, telling him he would have preferred if Ichigo had been buried along with Gisele, before stating it may take a bit longer to get what he's after. What I like here is that we immediately like flash back to Ugaki, uh, who is just, like, flabbergasted by the fact that he's just, like, lost control of his doll. And Ichigo just, like, has this sudden moment of realization that Karya probably collapsed the area on purpose. And Karya just goes, who knows? Maybe it was Renji who did that. He's like, who can say? Your buddy was, like, really hitting the walls hard. <laughs> it's just, like, everyone, much like how everybody in the world knew that Ryo was going to betray them. Everyone in the world is aware that Katia set off that that cave-in. Yeah, 100%. 
Ichigo calls him out for using the words precious tribe as if he didn't just kill off one of his own as a lowly pawn. Karya tells him that it wasn't the plan. Things are just moving faster than anticipated, and thus plans have to change. He tells Ichigo that they have to get ready to leave the world of the living, and Ichigo takes this to mean he's going through with things by connecting the hollow world to our own. Karya just, like, stares him down as Ichigo asks if his plans are the same as Aizen's. Karya tells the rest of the Bount to leave and to continue preparations, as he can handle this fight alone. Karya's, Karya's expression when Ichigo was like, Ah, so you're going to Huekomondo. Like, because that they freeze on that expression for like four or five whole seconds. Like, they want us to see it, but it, it's the most what-the-fuck-are-you-talking-about look that he's ever done. Yeah, 100%. Like, Karya very clearly has no idea what Ichigo's going on about. Uh, I I was half surprised that Karya didn't just go, who the fuck is Aizen? (laughs) Like, (laughs) because at this point, I don't think Karya knows. I think he knows. Maki probably told him. You know, that makes sense. Koga starts saying, like, some incantation. Uh, it was, I'm pretty sure it was in German. Uh, and a portal appears. Karya calls it Arsenkaimon, reminding Ichigo that powerful bounce can manipulate space, which is not new information. We've heard this before. Like, they, we are aware that bounce, when they get powerful enough and have enough living souls, they can manipulate space. We just haven't had an idea of what that actually means, other than it could spell, like, big trouble. Yeah, the... The translation for the German is, like, like like most things in Bleach, it's, like, an imperfect, like, oh, this this isn't how you would actually say it in German, but it's also, like, more or less, hey, I'm making a door, and or it's, like, it's a one-step door, I think is how Google Translate brings up uh, that, uh, that particular wording. Yeah, it is, like, I will say, I, I do kind of wish Kubo wouldn't. I mean, I know this isn't really Kubo. I, I know this is just, like, the anime team. I, I do wish they wouldn't just use, like, other languages to sound mystical, you know? But, like, it's fine, I guess. Yeah, like, in this... I mind it less in this particular case, because it's like, okay, well, this is a... It's a group slash, slash tribe of people, so we put all their names in... We put all their stuff in German, so... It, you know, we'll see a lot more of this with the um, with the Arankar as we go further into Bleach. Uh, the Arankar and the Vaisar each have their own, like, thing. But, yeah. Yeah, like, most of the Fueco Mundo stuff, because, like, uh, I guess minor spoilers, like, after the Bount arcs, uh, we're going to go to Fueco Mundo at some point. Uh, like, that's gonna be a thing that happens, because Arankar Avenue is coming up. But, um, like, most of the stuff there is, like, Spanish. Um, and, like, I don't know how much of it is accurate because it's been, uh, a long time. So, we'll see. My guess is not very, but we'll see. Um, anyway, Maki says he'll take the controls of the Senkaimon, and Koga tells Ichigo that he should have finished him off earlier. Which feels really weird for Koga to be saying this for me. Yeah, well, I feel like he's he's less saying it at Ichigo, and he's more, like, saying it out loud to himself. Because he's like, oh, okay, well, I didn't fucking kill him earlier, and now look at him. He's got to fight Karya. 
Yeah, that that's fair. Like, it, you could read it multiple ways, I guess. Uh, Karya says that he wants to test his own power, while Ichigo says he'll take him down along with the gate before rushing in for an attack that's just, like, effortlessly guarded by Karya, who just pokes him in the forehead, launching him painfully across the room. Like, he pokes Ichigo, and Ichigo just, like, straight up rolls across the room in pain for a solid, like, ten seconds. Yeah, well... So I counted, it's like a full 16 seconds where they're repeating <laughs> about a second and a half's worth of animation, and sometimes they speed it up and sometimes they slow it down. <laughs> and it's like, I was just listening to our episode, like, from two weeks, from the last episode that released, which was the episode that we did two weeks ago, where both of us were like, praising the animation during the Rangiku fight against <laughs> the Rangiku and Chad fight against the uh, uh, sitting old man bound. Ah, oh, fuck. What's his name? Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Bawira. What's his doll? Anyway, so, like, we're, we're praising that episode for looking so fucking good and having all these, like, really great animation moments. And, like, that's the one I listened to last night. And then I get here and we're, uh, I'm watching this episode. I'm like, okay, what the fuck happened here? It looks so funny. Like, I. There's just this shot of fucking Karya, like, poking the camera. And then it, it looks, like, really bad, first of all. Like, his face just looks really bad. And it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a problem if it were, like, a frame that it looked like this. But it's like that the entire time he's poking the camera. And it's just, like,. I could not control my laughter while Ichigo was just rolling across this room. <laughs> it's like they tried to do the Mad Max Fury Road thing, where they, like, edit things to be faster or slower, except it's just, like, the same bit of animation. Yeah. Uh, Ichigo, like, barely gets back up as he tries to understand how somebody who could... Uh, as he tries to understand how somebody could block Zongetsu unarmed. Koga just, like, looks over to Mabashi. He's like, Mabashi. And Mabashi's like, what? He's like, if you have the time to get drunk off bug juice, then you should watch this battle. This is how a real bout fights. And is, Mabashi... is he implying that Mabashi was, wasn't watching and was just drinking bug juice while this was happening? Because he didn't seem to be. It seems like he was watching it like everyone else was. I think he was implying that. Like, like Mabashi was very clearly just, like, intent on watching this fight, but I guess he might be drunk or something. I don't know. We didn't see anything like that. Karya just runs to Ichigo, who lunges with- he, like, lunges again with Zangetsu. And then Karya just grabs the blade in what looks like two fingers. And then he, like- he's, like, somehow under it. Like- it's like he's crouched down, and he stands up while still holding Zangetsu, and he just impales Ichigo with his hand before kicking him once into the air in, like, a fucking Tekken-ass juggle combo, and then again across the room. Well, it's like, what if you could play Tekken but also have Dragon Ball Z teleports, and that's what Karya's doing? That's exactly what Karya's doing. It's... God! He just, like nonchalantly walks to the badly injured Ichigo, who's just, like, literally buried, like, halfway into stairs. 
and he just picks him up by the hair and just like are you finished <laughs> he asks and he just tosses Ichigo to the ground like Ichigo I don't think we've seen Ichigo get this badly just like fucked up in a while yeah it's been a while I think only like Aizen and Zoraki I guess Byaki as well like it's it's only like big names that get him this fucked up because he's like he's blacking out he's trying to reach for his sword and he can barely lift his arm like Ichigo's in a bad way yeah Karya is like I can't even test my powers at a level like this. <laughs> like, the only thing missing here is Karya, like, looking to, like, the camera crew and being like, was this supposed to happen? Like, I, I feel like this is too easy. <laughs> it's just like, he asks about Ichigo's Bankai, uh, and then he states that he knows everything, including how Ichigo is the only one who can use his Bankai without limits in the world of the living, which I don't think is information we had before. A little bit. Well, we know that we know from previously mentioned things and just like very quickly mentioned things from Renji and from Rangiku that vice captains have like a limiter put on them when they're yes. in the real world. Um, yes. This was also mentioned during the original kidnapping of Rukia that at the time, Byakuya and Renji were both much weaker because they put limiters on them. Yeah. Ichigo is not a real soul reaper, thus he doesn't have those limits. So it makes sense that in the real world, all things considered, his bankai should be the strongest thing uh, as far as soul reapers can get out. So Kari is like, uh, you know, I thought you would be interesting because you're not, you're the one that doesn't have limits on like do your bankai or something like, don't bore me. <laughs> it, it's a good moment. I like, I do think it's interesting that they, like, explicitly say this, because, like, it's something that does make total sense when you think about it. It's just not something we've really thought about to this point. So, like, I I'm glad they made this explicit in, in this part. Um, he did think Ichigo would be good practice, and he even, like, tells Ichigo to grab his Zanpakuto, but Ichigo can just, like, barely fucking move. And Gara's just like, well, I guess he's done. You know, it'd be a pity for you to die knowing nothing. So, I'll go ahead and tell you our true goal. Uh, he, like, starts to go on, and the rest of the bouncer are like, Kaya, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you gonna tell him our plan? And Kaya's like, it's fine. I don't even, like, remember, like, making it a secret anyway. Everybody just kind of assumed it was this big secret. And it, like, I don't care. Uh, so... Karya explains that connecting Hueco Mundo to the world of the living was actually just a conclusion that Yoshino and Soul Society, like, jumped to on their own. Karya even, like, explicitly says, like, what good would it do for him? He explains their true destination is actually Soul Society, and their goal is revenge. Because in Soul Society, the bounce were created. And then the episode ends. I do like the in, the insinuation that, like, Soul Society and Yoshino made the assumption that, oh, the worst case scenario for the world of the living would be if he connected it to Hueco Mundo. Obviously. So that's clearly the thing he's doing, but they're not actually thinking of what Kadio wants as a person and what his plan is because of it. I I really like it just because it's like, 
it is a nice twist because like to this point you're like are they really going to show us Waco Mundo in a filler arc and like obviously having seen the bounty arcs before like I knew this wasn't the case because like I do remember where things go for like some part like there, there's a lot of stuff in between I don't remember but I do remember like for the most part where things end up um so it's just like having this scene and having Karya be like no you just assumed that like I'm kind of a sucker for when like protagonists operate on like assumed knowledge and find out that isn't the case because mm -hmm. while it is a trope it's just like I, I like actually being able to see, no, you're just thinking that's what's happening. It's not actually what's happening. There's something much bigger or much different at play here. It's always more interesting to find that out later. Overall, though, I, I do think this was, like, a really solid episode. Like, uh, animation aside, like, I did really like this one. Yeah, overall, just a, just a fun time. Yeah. Uh, what was the post-credits bit this time, Sam? So the post credit bit this time is we see Ganju back at work and he's a little bored because, you know, the the like weird midnight rush died down and Hanatara's not there. And he's wondering where he is. So he's reading Up Up Boy and the manager <laughs> looks over his shoulder and is devastated that Ganju <laughs> likes <gasps> pinups of women in bikinis. <laughs> and it's like... Buddy, you don't have to be biphobic. My guy, Ganju's clearly got a husband that he works with. Yeah, like, it's it's a really funny scene. Like, I I, I, I do have to say, like, I, just knowing Bleach, I, I figure this was supposed to be like, ah, gay men are the butt of the joke, but it doesn't, like, come across that way in, like, actual, you know, play, I guess. Uh, like, it's just, like, a funny bit where he's like, "Oh, I, I, I had a crush on you. How could you?" And like that, it, it, it's a little, little on the nose. But I thought it was funny. Yeah, I do like Ganju just being like, "What? I, what? I can't deal with this." <laughs> it's really good, and I, I listen. I know we keep saying it, but Ganju Hanatsuro sideshow. We need it. We need it. But then you know. The manager would be there as, like, the comic relief flamboyant gay for every episode. Yeah, that would get really tiring really fast. Hmm. What if they introduced Khan and Don Kanonji as recurrent? <laughs> you know what? Let's go to break. <laughs> Let's go to break. Let's get back into it with episode 91, Shinigami and Quincy, The Reviving Power. The episode opens with Orihime still performing healing on Rangiku, and the mod souls wondering, Wow, those sure are some incredibly loud sounds of battle and, like, breaking rocks over there. <laughs> Wonder what's up with that. No clue. Rukia gets up and she wants to go, but just she does. A mysterious white pant leg steps into view. And we go back to check on how Ichigo is doing. Answer, incredibly poorly. <laughs> I was going to say, hmm, not well. <laughs> okay. 
So Claudia is just explaining, like, yeah, so Bound were created because, one, Soul Society were just, like, experimenting on humans. Like, they just view humans as guinea pigs, and they don't give a shit. At some point, there was a huge explosion, and it, like, went out into the universe and mutated some of the souls in the cycle of rebirth. And those souls, when they were born, when they were rebirthed, uh, that's who the Bount are. Over time, each one of those souls, like, ended up being persecuted by humans. So Soul Society came in and were like, hey, how about we help y'all with that? And the Bount were like, okay, let's just make a city with the Soul Reapers and live together. And that's the underground city that they're in. Uh, but the Soul Society was also like, hey, what... You know what would be really cool? If all of you lived down here underground. Also, don't mind us erasing every mention of you from history books. I It's fine, just don't pay attention to it. I can't get over how fucking cartoonishly evil Soul Society is made out to be here. It's... Like, I, I will say, like, from how we've heard, like, Mayuri has handled things in the past, like, it does make me wonder if he's, like, partially responsible for this, but he also seemed to know nothing about the bounce, so it's like... Oh no, hmm. this is far before Mayuri's, uh, Mayuri's thing. Like, Mayuri only joined, like, a couple hundred years ago at most. Like, I think Aizen was already a captain by the time Mayuri showed up. Yeah, and, like, bounce were, like, like estimating here like some sometime in like the 1300s 1400s yeah um yeah so it's just like this is just like hey remember that side of soul society that were like yo quincy you're destroying the world fuck you genocide well same side it's soul society yeah yeah and I mean, from what, it's like, a lot of the captains wouldn't do this, but you know which captain would? The one in charge of everyone. The one that goes, yes, absolutely, of course, executing Rukia with extreme prejudice is the good idea here. Why, why would you think otherwise, giant wall of flame? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see, like, what is revealed here, because, like, I I don't remember this portion. Uh, like I I do remember like the Soul Society being responsible for the bounce, like being a thing, because like obviously that did come up this episode, and I did remember this. But it's just like I don't remember where this part goes. Yeah, Ichigo's response is more or less like, okay, they did a huge wrong, but that doesn't justify like forget Soul Society. You've been killing humans, and that's bad. So it's like, hey, he fires off against a Gatencho, and Kadia just like easily beats him back. F follows up, it follows up with another like fighting game juggle combo. Eventually, just like stepping on his back, and he's like, "Listen, Soul Society will kneel before us." And Ichigo again at the absolute end of his rope. He's thinking back to Keigo being hurt, as well as all the fights that he wasn't there for during this arc. Uh, you know, how Orihime was fighting, and Chad, and Ragiku, and it's like, <laughs> what? How? <laughs> you were unconscious during most of this. He's got telepathic abilities, like, don't you know? Like, as a substitute Soul Reaper, you get telepathic abilities, too. <laughs> he forces his body, his wounded body, to crawl and stumble towards his blade, and, like, he even says Zangetsu's name, and I love how Kadia's, like, standing next to him, just like, 
Huh, Zangetsu. Is that the sword's name? Neat. Anyway, what if I took it? My sword now. This thing's <laughs> supposed to be your partner, right? What if I killed you with your own partner? Wouldn't that be fucked up? <laughs> Karya is like... He is the best kind of villain sometimes. He's like, well, you couldn't enter, you couldn't use your bankai to entertain me, so I guess I'm just gonna be a dick. <laughs> God. Although at this point, Ichigo just starts talking to talking to Zangetsu. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Show yourself. And then he grabs the tip and he shoves it inside his chest. And there's just this. There is this really good shot, like props to this episode. There's a really great shot of the sword disappearing and Zangetsu like just jumping out the back. And then we immediately go to the Ichigo Sideways Building Dream World. There are, like, speaking of that shot, because that shot was really good, there have been, like, very occasional shots in this, like, entire, like, season where it's just been like, oh, right, this is why I love Bleach. And, like, this was one of them. Like, I really liked that shot. Yeah. It's, like, honestly, high point of the episode for me. Just a really good little sequence. Absolutely. In the dream world, Ichigo says that he realizes he's been leaning on Zangetsu. And basically, he's been thinking of Zangetsu and his bankai as a, like, oh, well, it doesn't matter how much trouble I'm in, I have a trump card. And that's not how he should be thinking of it. Uh, instead, like, because the way he got his bankai in the, in the other world was... He was prepared with absolute conviction to shorten his life. Yeah. Like, it's not that he's got the Bankai as a power, it's that when he focuses his when he focuses and uses all of his power and goes all out, he can use Bankai. So it's just like a, just a little mental thing that he had to he had to get out of. So now that he back in the real world, he activates his Bankai. With, honestly, a really pitiful dust cloud <laughs> explosion. Yeah. Like, the theme song starts playing, and he transforms, and you normally you get, like, this big, like, oh, all of his uh, all of his spirit energy is, like, pouring out. It makes, like, this big impressive thing. And here it's, like, it's honestly less impressive than when he w got kicked into the wall last episode. It's, it's, like, we saw Renji you know, pull out Bankai last episode, and that was insane. And then we see Ichigo pull out his Bankai, and she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but the good news is, now he's the one who's effortlessly blocking and outspeeding Karia. We cut away for just a moment to Shuhei and Yoroichi, who are running towards the fight. And then we go back to the fight to see Karia and Ichigo, this is like, they're starting as they hit and block each other. It's starting to make like the cr the cavern around around them crumble, and parts of them are falling. But then suddenly they're interrupted by an arrow fired by Ishida, and basically everyone else arriving at the same time. Ichigo asks about Ishida's powers. Kadia taunts him, and he's like, "Hey, you shouldn't miss." So Ishida just like teleports behind him, and he's like, "I didn't miss, bitch. <laughs> that was a warning shot." <laughs> But at the same time, Maki's done whatever he needed to have done, so Koga opens the gate. Again, German incantation basically means open the gate immediately for our bounce. And, uh, yeah, so, and then just at that point, they, like, Ishida, Ishida tells Ichigo not to interfere, and everyone's like, oh, he's gonna explode the gate! Yay! <laughs> but then he shoots the gate, 
and it stabilizes the passage. Just like what Nemu told him to do. Wait, 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 hold on. Nemu didn't tell him to do this. She told him it would do that. Well, you know, she told him, like, hey, I'm giving you this thing. Also, you can use your power to do this. You... I'll get I'll get to it in we get a flashback to this conversation. I'll get to it at that point. <laughs> okay. But basically Katia just explains like, yeah, um we can manipulate space and we can make a tunnel to soul society. But we can't turn our body into spirit energy. We can't turn our body into reishi. So we wouldn't be able to go there anyway. We need to have a gate that can turn our bodies into spirit energy, like what uh Urahara did. The first time they sent uh, Ichigo's gang through over to rescue Rukia. Uh, but you know who can do that? Uh, motherfucking Quincy. That, that's who. So at this point, I got, Ichigo's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Buddy? Hello? And Katia's like, I was really hoping you'd show up. You know, enemy of my enemy. Soul Society like was really terrible to Quincy's too. Too bad about Yoshino, but hey. At least you got your powers back. Come on with us. And Ishida's just like immediately, I'm not helping you. I'm letting you go so I can kick your ass properly. <laughs> Fucking Udiu. God damn it. Like, I, I've been wanting him to get his rest all this time. And he, he comes here and he fucks things up. Well, maybe. He kind may It's up in the air whether he actually fucks things up. Because... Yoroichi shows up, and she's like, okay, Ishida, first thing, you fucked up. You <laughs> fucked things up. But then Ishida's like, hey, uh, you got your Bankai, but, like, could you have actually beaten him? And everyone else? Like, could you? And he goes on to explain that, like, even with the tool, he's really, like, that tool is nothing. This tool lets him do, like, some really basic Quincy shit, but... Because it relies on how much Reishi is around in the air, and there's almost none of it in the human world, he's, like, a shit-tier character right now. Yeah. But if he were to go in Soul Society, where this is the bit that Nomu explained, where, like, you know, it, it might be weak now, but if you were in Soul Society, where everything's made of Reishi, you would be way stronger and probably actually able to fight the bout. <laughs> And Yorichi's like, um, sure, but you realize that the soul vampires are now walking around the soul world, and they can literally do the same thing, right? Like, you you might have just doomed the world. <laughs> like, okay, I, well, I definitely, like, agree with you that what Nebu says can definitely be taken as, hey, go do this thing. I I think it is incredibly funny that Uryu did not have the like the foresight to be like, hmm, I'm sure this will have no adverse effects. I, I'm sure the bounce will be fine. We'll we'll take him down in Soul Society. It's fine. And Yoruichi's just like, you idiot <laughs> Yeah, like I can see I can see the reasoning where it's like, okay, Ichigo might not be able to beat him even with Bankai. And if he can't beat them because of the aforementioned limits on Shinigami and such, and if Ichigo can't, it's basically like, what, is Urahara going to come out of retirement and kick their ass? Obviously not. He, do he doesn't seem to give a shit about anything. Uh, so the only way to actually make sure they get killed is to, I guess, let them go to Soul Society and then 
kill them over there, potentially with the help of some captains. And it's like, I see the logic, but I'm on Yoroichi's side. You're a fuck ass. You're a fucking dumbass. Yeah, I'm on Yoroichi's side too. Like, I, I think it would have genuinely, like, even if it had caused problems for Ichigo, like, I don't think Ichigo would have died here, like, especially not with everybody else around. Like, I think that it's reasonable to believe they could have gotten him out. Like, I do think it's probable that somebody would have died in the process, which, not ideal, but compared to dooming the entire world, <laughs> it's like, hmm. Uh, I also, like, think it's worth it to bring up that we haven't seen a captain come to the world of the living to try and fight the bount. Like, that's something we have not seen, and, like, we don't know how a captain would fare against them. So, it's like, I I, I do see the logic, I understand what Uryu was going for, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do really like, though, that, like, Ichigo and Orihime are both, like, well, it's fine, if you fucked up, we're friends, so we'll just have to cover your mistake. Like, they're like, fine, do the thing that you need to do, you clearly believe you need to do this, so do it, and we'll be there to, like, help and support you. And even Yoroichi's like, well, you know, Soul Society made the bout, so it's f it's fitting that they have to clean up their own goddamn mess. They have to at least participate in it. <laughs> everybody, except for Rukia, I feel like, in this scene is just like, well, there's always next season. <laughs> Yeah, Rukia is definitely like, are we looking at the same situation here? I feel like there was a problem. <laughs> and everyone's like, fuck the so Soul Society, they're the cops. It's true. The remaining wounded Shinigami show up and Yoroichi tells everyone, okay, let's what let's just all go. Like the they've got the so they've got the gate right there that transforms people into Reishi, so Chad and Orihime can come along with. Rangiku calls her captain for permission to bring the humans along, so like it's all officials. Even the Mozos are coming, and Khan's like, "Well, I guess I'll be alone at home, at the mercy of the Karakura Range." Actually, you know what? Why don't I go to Soul Society? <laughs> Yay! I, I I can't remember genuinely because like I, I I don't actually have a reason. I just don't remember. Did they actually decide Khan is coming with them? I don't know. I, like, I think he implies that he wants to go after all, but I don't know if he ends up going, because we don't see them go through the gate. Yeah, that's true. I guess we'll find out next season! <laughs> yeah, and then we end the episode and the season on a quick scene of the Bount arriving in Soul Society, soaring through the air, with Kari's wounds from his recent fight with Ichigo healing due to all the spirit energy in the air. So at the very least, like, we see that they're healing just, like, by existing in Soul Society. He even, like, exclaims that it's, like, way better than he thought it would be. Like, which I- I- it's just, like, a small detail. I- I do want to bring up something that I forgot to mention in the last scene. Can we talk about the music that's playing during the conversation <laughs> they're having with Yoramichi? <laughs> Where they're kind of just, like, talking, and it's this- you know, it's one of the triumphant- I think it's one- it's number one? It's, like, the big triumphant music, but it's playing at, like, 5% volume underneath everything. <laughs> and it's, like, the remix version with the guy going, like, yeah! <laughs> like, under it, and it's like, why is this here?! <laughs> yeah, I was... it was like, he- <laughs> Ishida, you done fucked up. 
yeah, yeah, number one, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Finally, we have the post credit scene where we get the other half of the phone call. Uh, Hitsugai is just in his office. He gets a phone call. Matsumoto's like, well, you know, we quartered the bout, but they escape. Uh, can you file permission for me to bring Ichigo in the, ga- in the gang? Okay, thanks. Bye. Oh, also, don't use your new teacup. And as soon as she says that, he looks down to it and it splits in half and just spills tea all over the scrolls and documents he was in the process of writing. It's a really good bit. I'm really glad that we got, like, this follow-up on Matsumoto's fucking call here. It was very good. You know what Bleach sitcom spinoff I want? I want The Office, like, Hitsugaya. <laughs> like, just trying to get through a day of having of trying to deal with all the vice captains and other captains. And, like, I just want to write my goddamn reports. I, I want The Office- Zoraki walk through the wall. <laughs> I want The Office- with fucking Hitsugaya and Rangiku, but I also want it to take place in the R&D, like, division, because I think that would be incredibly good. Yeah, well, like, Division 10 is communication, so they're in- so I would like- I would love to just have a thing where, like, it's an office drama, but it- or, like, and every time he's like, okay, what the fuck did the science division do this time? You need me to tell the captain commander what blew up? <laughs> yeah, no, Rocky walked through how many walls? He thought Ichigo was around, so he blew up a building. We yeah. we have to like pay for that. That's not free. Like we can't just build more walls. Like what are you talking about? Who do you think has to budget this? Just God. And, and then he just has to like make reports, and he's like, and he gives them to you know like Yuraku and Yamamoto, and they're like. What the fuck is this? And he's like, listen, I know, I know, I'm not the one doing these things, I'm just writing the goddamn reports. You know what, I'm sold. Come on, Kubo, where is it? Give it to me. God. Oh. And that's it for the first season of Bountown. The first season of Bountown has concluded. We have arrived at the halfway point of Bountown. Um, honestly, like... I was expecting this season to be a lot worse. I was expecting it to be much worse. I honestly, the, I guess I was expecting most of the episodes to be like the, I was expecting the whole season to be like the first episode that we did today. And then the second episode would be like the high points. Um, Not that those episodes are not that these episodes are bad, but like, I feel like they're okay. They're definitely not, like, they're definitely not, like, uh, season two, like, quality, you know? Because I, I, I do, like, while, like, some of the high points in season three were, like, good, I, I think season two was kind of the peak f- for where we've gotten so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really was expecting a lot of this episode, like, uh, a lot of this season to fill, feel a lot more like filler, and a lot of it doesn't it kind of does stand alone as its own thing uh, it does lose its pacing uh every now and then uh which i think is its biggest problem but it being a filler arc i guess that's understandable yeah also there's 28 episodes in this yeah like it, it could have been a lot worse like um do we want to do like a, a short recap of what happened or do you just want to continue discussing the season? What do you want to do here? Uh, I think maybe we should just 
like I think maybe we could mention like a favorite episode or something or some such and then kind of keep I feel like we're gonna do like an overall boundary cap at the end of the of the next season yeah I, I think that makes sense um but yeah I do think we it I think it might be better to just discuss the bound as a whole uh because right now a lot like there's a there's still like a lot of threads up in the air there's a lot of stuff that's just gonna like come to fruition this doesn't this doesn't feel honestly like a season finale yeah no it 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 kind of it it really does feel like a mid-season finale where it's like oh the big thing's happening and like it it, and honestly it, it is like it is just that because like these two seasons are treated kind of as one um i i think my biggest complaints with this season are actually some of the earlier stuff because uh, I feel like the early stuff with like the mod souls went on like a little too long uh, and that that like goes back to the pacing issues I mentioned but it's mm-hmm. like the mod souls being introduced as like the villains at first uh, it, it was interesting but then it went on for like six or seven episodes and by that point I was tired of them Um it took five. It, we had five episodes of mod soul shenanigans, and then we got an episode where like the bount were introduced, and then Rukia showed Rukia showed up in the first fight, and that's ep- that was like the seventh episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like the the mystery around the bount and what they are was like it, it took a while to get going, but it was like at least interesting. It was interesting to see the inner conflict. You know, my biggest actual complaint, I really wish they hadn't killed Yoshino. I really wish they hadn't. Yeah. As much as I think I, I would have still complained and still wouldn't have ha- wouldn't have enjoyed it, I feel like, at the very least, like, just depower her and still have her around for, like, emotional moments and, um, lo- like, lore development. Like, just let her be around to talk about backstory. Yeah, because, like, after she dies, like basically all that happens to Uryu is that he sits around moping for a while and then he comes back in this last episode and fucks everything up it's like great thanks thank you thank you for your decision of death Yoshino god um I think my favorite episode in this arc um I actually think it might have to be one of the chat episodes, which is not something I exa- uh, expected to say, but I just ended up really loving those, like, that Chad Bowra fight. Like, I, I really liked that. Uh, all the stuff with, like, Rangiku. Really good stuff. I, I really liked those ones. Yeah, like, same thing for me. My fa- Like, my favorite in particular is uh, episode 87, Byakuya summoned the Gote 13 starts to move. Uh, even if, you know, Byakuya Summoned is like a 10 second segment of that episode. Because <laughs> uh, it's got it's got the Rangiku, like, weighing tactical options, fig- like, trying to figure out what she can do. It's got some the really cool, like, Chad versus Baura moments. It's got some... I love it whenever they... Whenever they turn to Kido, and they're like, okay, I need to do this. But also... I can't move while I'm doing it. And then there's the added wrinkle of trying to use Nova's powers with the Kido. Just like a lot of little details that like Jenga together to make like a really interesting episode. 
that and like the the entire scene where Nova and Rangiko are like working together, uh, like that scene just looks fucking cool. Like, I that is a moment that stands out amongst the rest. Um, I, I I guess I'm also like kind of fond of when they actually like went to the mansion and fought. But, like, definitely not as interesting as, like, the Chad Rangiku episodes. I, I liked those the best. Yeah, my close second would probably be um, the episode where they finally ended up fighting the the water kids, the water I, twins. I like that one, too. Uh, most common through line, Nova's a, Nova kicks ass. You know. Nova is a really good character. I... I think it's really interesting that they decide to keep the mod souls, like, throughout the anime. Because, like, that is, that is a thing that happens. Because they're not in the manga at all. But, like, they they do keep them in the anime, if I remember correctly. I don't remember at all. So, as, as far as my memories are concerned, they, like, toss them in the garbage as soon as they're done with them. So, <laughs> it, I, lo- I like hearing that they're still around. <laughs> yeah, I just, I want more Noba. Noba's very good. Um... Yeah, like, we didn't get any, like, questions or anything this time, which is fine. Uh, it happens. But, you know, I, I'm i glad we've stuck it through for four seasons. Sorry, this season's been a bit weird with scheduling and stuff. I had a lot of life, offen- life events happen this year, and sudden changes in living situation, and other things like getting sick, and, you know... I, I'm I'm really hoping next season is going to be a bit more like consistent in terms of like release because I love doing this show like genuinely, uh it, it is a highlight of my week every time like I drop it I I really love doing it, um, I I'm I'm looking forward to next season I hope it's good I really hope it's good, <laughs> um, we are like approaching a rock car avenue we're getting there. We're getting there. It's coming up. And then and then what else? Because Ronker Avenue is going to be the majority of this podcast. I'm not ready to think about that. <laughs> like, if, if you don't know, I, I'm pretty sure Ronkar, like the Ronkar arcs are like six seasons with like filler arcs in, like interspersed throughout. We'll, we'll get to those. <laughs> I, I feel like I've just crushed Sam's dreams on Mike. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at BleachCast. You can email the show with any questions, comments, or feedback at iwobleachcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore pause. And you can find me on Twitter at SSBSLJ. This has been season four. Keep fucking, you know, just keep going you you know you never know what life's gonna give you but keep going just keep going through it stay cool chads the people who are believed to be undead fall into some fairly clear groups they're mostly nasty people i think that's just a bit rude Tabi
道ずれよう情け,情け太陽の下で smiling everyday 人に優しく自分にも優しくでもやるときやるのよそれじゃ俺についてきなよ信じるも何もやってみなきゃわからないむしろ信じたいみんなで笑いたいじゃない人生一回勝負したい動き出さなきゃ始まんない負けたくないしな I'm not afraid. 